Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, and relationship coach. I am also a Christian who for years grew up in a religion that taught me to fear God instead of have a relationship with God. It wasn't until I lost my religion and developed a relationship with God that I was able to understand how much God really loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different path and a different journey to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Finding God Podcast. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Our guest for this week is Henry Barksdale. Henry and I were scheduled to record a couple of times, but due to obligations with my kids, I had to reschedule with him. But the reason I'm telling you this is because I had to reschedule, but I was amazed at how laid back and how understanding he was about me having to reschedule the interview on him both times. But after meeting Henry and having a chance to talk with him, you can tell, especially in this interview, that he has a heart and a desire for God. So without further ado, here is the interview that I did with Henry. Hello, Henry. How are you doing? Doing great today. We're blessed. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here on the show. I truly appreciate you asking and wanting to be a guest. And I can't wait to hear your story of how you found God. So let me ask you, um, what was your childhood like? Uh, My childhood was interesting in the sense that I was kind of in and out of religion. Um, I know my father did his best to uh, instill a certain amount of of belief in us, Mm -hmm. but we went for years without really anyone at home attending church. And then my father at some point, I believe I was about 15, where he got, I would say, reborn to some degree and tried to get us to start going to church. Um, So while there was a certain level of belief, you know, throughout my childhood, it was just never really reinforced or instilled as something that was a priority. So what kind of belief were you taught? Because you mentioned there was some kind of belief. So what were you taught? Did you, um, I know you said you didn't go to church a lot. You was like on and off, but kind of like, what were you taught to let you know about God at that age? I mean, really just the basics, uh, you know, to believe in God that, you know, Jesus died for our sins. Um, just the real surface, um, religion, I guess. Uh, so for me growing up, I just remember that, you know, God was kind of something that was at arm's length. It wasn't, uh, or he wasn't something that was, personal to to us or to me specifically it was just kind of an an idea that was out there that I never really um, got a chance to you know really get into that's interesting when you said that he was like at arm's length he was more like an idea than an actual 
kind of real thing that you felt just because of the way things were in your home. So when you mentioned that your dad, when you were like 15, he started to go back to church again and he tried to take you. How did your belief and how you felt about God kind of not being real? He's like so far away. How did that affect you and maybe wanting to go to church with him or did that have any impact at all? Well, it, it, it kind of had a, um, it, it was almost like a repellent. So it became something that I had to do or I was expected to do right. without really understanding why. Uh, it was something that he, to some degree, was trying to force on uh, me and my brother. And so, you know, especially as teenagers, we're already rebellious to some degree. Yeah. So it was like, well, why? Why should I? Why do I need to? Um, and, and at that point, you know, being in the world for so long, we begun to create our own ideas of what was real and what wasn't as far as, you know, philosophy and Egyptian and Greek mythology and all of these ideas of God and gods and, and how they interact, um, in the world and how different cultures throughout history, I believe for a while that these were all different cultures ways of understanding God and and it was just you know it was all muddled it was all mixed up and I just didn't think it was a priority because it hadn't really been like I said reinforced right so tell me more about some of your adolescence and more of those ideas that you had and how it formed you at during that time in your life well, for me, uh, especially, I read a lot of comic books growing up. So there was this idea of, you know, the fantasy and the magical that was always in the back of my head is, you know, are, are these ways that God acts in the world? Are these different aspects of God? And so especially in reading comic books and, you know, you see it nowadays in the whole superhero worship that, that we have nowadays yeah entertainment isn't necessarily wrong but when you start to make it your focus and make it an idol uh, that's really what I, I realized now that I was doing I was right. kind of making these heroes and these comic book characters almost idols and seeing things in the world like the, the Greek mythology of, of Zeus and, and Hercules and uh, you know, the Norse mythology of Thor and all of these ideas of different aspects of God and, and really just getting lost in it. Um, and, and while I was raised with a certain level of moral standing and understanding of what's right and what's wrong, it was never anchored to anything specific. It was never anchored to more than just you know, things like the golden rule, treat others yeah. right and they'll treat you right, you know, that kind of thing. So it, it, it was never tangible in the sense that, okay, I need to be this way, not just because my parents expect this of me, right. because my father, God, expects this of me. And in order to enter into the pearly gates, so to speak, I, I truly need to have his his heart and, and treat others that way. I never really had that instilled. So it was just kind of, you know, just going through life. So what changed that for you? Well, later in my life, I found 
really specifically, I, I, I can really give all the uh, credit to God and, and to my wife, the way he worked through her and, and on me, because I met my wife in high school um, and she was a Catholic, her and her family, uh, they're from Nigeria, but they were raised with a Catholic upbringing. So she already had a really strong sense of faith. Um, her mother was, you know, while being a devout Catholic, I mean, she prayed to Jesus every day. Um, Jesus was her best friend. And that kind of rubbed, that rubbed off on me through the years. And, you know, after we finally got married, we, we lost touch, kind of reconnected in our thirties. And as I started to see that our relationship was ordained, it was, it was meant to be, I, I really understood what God was doing, or I, I, I understood a small portion of how God was acting in my life. And so that eventually grew. Um, but initially it was just, okay, this isn't just circumstance. There's definitely more to life than, you know, luck. It's yeah. definitely deeper than that. So did you start to think about this before you got married? Because I know you mentioned that you, even though you met your wife when you were in high school, you didn't reconnect until years later. So during that time period in between, did you have any type of aha moment when you realized or thought that maybe there's more to life than this? Did you have anything during that time frame? Not really. It, it was kind of more of a, you know, up and down kind of back and forth situation. You know, you know, I, I went for years just thinking that, you know, we're here just to try to treat others with some level of respect so that we can earn our own respect. Um, and again, especially in my twenties, I, I was just lost. I was just in the world. You know, I was drinking way too much, uh, smoking way too much. So it was never even really uh, something that I thought about too deeply. That's interesting. So you begin to think about it after you met your wife and after you got married, like, okay, so this came together and we reconnected. This can't be chance. That is amazing. That is awesome. So after you and your wife got married, um, did you start going to church then or what got you to the point where you just wanted to have a relationship with God? So yes, we started attending a Catholic church. So, and that was very interesting. I had never really attended Catholic church. I had been to Baptist churches here and there. Um, some of her families, I believe, <clears throat> were going to a Pentecostal church. So early on, we visited a couple Pentecostal services, but then we really started going to Catholic masses, probably, you know, every chance we could get, and then weekly services with the uh, church that we found, especially once my mother-in-law moved in with us. So that was interesting in the sense that while it instilled a certain level of understanding and it gave God, I guess, a little bit more tangibility to me and, and much more depth, I was also kind of shocked by the level of, I guess, almost that sense of everybody's kind of just doing this for show yeah and and almost um it was just almost a, a ritual to it and and, and so it, it was two sides it had a really a really beautiful side 
of the faith and really getting into scripture. But then it also had that other strange side that I wasn't sure if I was comfortable with. Yeah. No, I truly understand that. Because I think in all religion, there's this one thing that's like really truthful and sincere. And like you said, beautiful. Then on the flip side, you're just like, uh, I kind of don't feel comfortable with this. Or this is a little out there. I mean, I understand because I know I've had an experience like that because I also grew up in, I grew up in a church where there were certain things that were done. And on one side, there were some good things about it. But then on the other side, there were things that kind of made me cringe. Like when people came to church and they were talking about certain things, you're just like, uh, is this the best thing to be talking about when you have visitors? Or like, so I totally get it. Things that just make you feel totally uncomfortable and have you actually sit down and just think for yourself, like, oh, this doesn't seem right. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. So what was the thing that made you feel the most uncomfortable and made you think that um, maybe I should be doing something else and maybe I should be somewhere else? Wow. So in Catholic Church, when they recite, I believe it's the Nicene Creed, it, it really just gave me a, it almost it almost disturbed me in the sense that wow, everybody's reading this at the same time. And the way it sounded, it was almost drone-like. And it didn't really give me a sense of, I guess, belonging. You know, I I read along with some parts of it, but it it was definitely, it, it was the oddest thing to me. And of course, you know, you've heard about the issues with the Catholic Church and yeah. things that have happened, you know, in, in the history, and even a lot of things that happen at, at other churches, Baptist, Protestant, whatever the case may be, uh, the, the power that the leaders and the pastors sometimes yeah. have, and how they can, you know, use, use it to their advantage and take advantage of people. So that was always in the back of my mind. Uh, that had always been a concern to me as far as organized religion. Yeah. And so I, I really started to see that as, okay, are we here to worship God or are we worshiping as the, the Catholic church calls the leader, usually the father, are we here to worship him? And are we here to worship the ritual of, you know, the, the faith or the, the rules that are set in place? Um, it, it really, really rubbed me the wrong way as far as kind of the strictness of it all. Right. No, I get that. Because I also have a problem with organized religion. Because I think the same way. Because even when I read the Bible, people had authentic relationships with God. You know, they didn't have churches that they went to. <laughs> they really just spent time with God. Especially like in the Old Testament, you could see how they talked to God, they prayed. You know, it was totally different than what we have now. And I don't think that organized religion was ever meant to be the way it is now because I think in a way it's kind of cultish regardless of what religion it is it has like a cultish feel like oh if you're doing this then you you know this is going to happen it's more like scare tactics like you're not going to be blessed because you're not paying tithe you're not going to be blessed because you're not doing this or in some churches you're not giving all your money so God's not going to bless you I mean it's just like everything the scare tactic with this is like if you don't you'll go to hell and I think that's the thing that gets a lot of people because they don't want to go to hell. So they're like, well, I have to do this. And after a while, like you're not even thinking for yourself because you're just so afraid that you're doing something that can send you to hell. And so you're not thinking for yourself. So what made you 
decide to change that and start doing something differently. Because I know what made you uncomfortable, but so many times people are uncomfortable, but they still stay Mm -hmm. in that particular religion or situation. So what made you decide to not just be uncomfortable, because we know what that was, but like, what made you say, um, maybe this isn't the way I want to worship God. Maybe this is not how I want my relationship with God to be. What made you feel that way? Wow. Well, it really came down to understanding, uh, really getting into the word of God and realizing what he wanted from us. Yeah. It, it was more about the relationship and, and not so much about this ritualistic uh, type of worship. You know, once a week you show up on Sunday you know, recite a, a prayer, pay your tithes, and the rest of the week, you, you're just doing whatever you want to. It really became about relationship. Um, and, and this specifically was highlighted by uh, what I feel like was was some type of miracle that I witnessed when my uh, mother-in-law, rest her soul, passed away. She was, uh, she was in hospice, and she was essentially responsive, uh, non-responsive for several days. She was to the point where uh, hospice didn't feel like there was anything left that they could do. They were going to send her home with us. Um, now she has five children, uh, my wife, two siblings who were here in the same state with us, and then two that were out of state. Nice. Um, the two siblings from out of state arrived one evening um, spent some time with her and then we left to go home the next day planning to come essentially pick up and bring her back home Um, she waited until all of her children had come to see her uh, essentially say their goodbyes we left and we got a call about an hour later that she had taken her last breath and so it was profound to me that this woman had held on through what we th- what what we had thought was you know really something that w- we we didn't expect it to happen that way obviously right. um it was a day after thanksgiving a couple years back so it, it was really i felt like a miracle in the sense that her relationship with jesus allowed her to be there until she could truly say goodbye to all of her kids. Yeah. Um, and, and just the blessing that it was for, for it to happen the way it happened, for her to pass there and not for us to have brought her home and for her to have passed there. I mean, that just would have broke my wife's heart, would have wrecked us all. And I, I truly think that the way it happened was, it, it was ordained by God. And after that, we really start to see things differently as far as our relationship with God. Um, we'd already started to question some of the ritualisticness of the Catholic church. And so when we sat back and started to, started to watch, you know, join some online churches, uh, started to expand our minds a little bit as far as what we listened to, who we followed, reading scripture, and really start to understand that it's more about that personal relationship. And really, it, it all stemmed from there. Um, I, I later found out that my wife was praying for me because I was still 
quite a bit in the world. My job had become an idol. I was I was a daily uh, smoker. Um, but there came a time where I truly felt the Holy Spirit come over me. I was in tears, tears of joy. And I realized like, wow, I don't need this. I don't need to do what I'm doing. My relationship with Christ is what I need to be focused on. And really from there, it, it all, like the world just fell away. And since then, it's just, it's just been amazing. And see, I like that because I know that so many times people in church or just people in general feel like they have to nag people if they think they're quote unquote doing something they're not supposed to be doing. And I always tell people, you can't nag people and you can't tell people, hey, you're not going to be doing that because we're all a work in progress. It's almost like going to a building that's not completely built. <laughs> It'd be like, oh, I'm going to live here. Of course, you're going to get rained on. There's no roof or there's no door. And I think that we are all under construction. So there are things that we're going to be doing that may not be, put on, you know, the right thing to do. But I think God understands that we are a work in progress and he's working with us. And just like your wife prayed for you, and then one day you just decide on your own, hey, I don't need this. And the Holy Spirit convicted you of that. I think that's how it's supposed to be. I don't think we were ever meant to be the judge and jury or the people that tell people you're not going to go to heaven. I think all we can do is pray for people because that's what God wants us to do, pray for people and love them. So I love how she was able to pray for you and how she did that. And then one day you're just like, oh, I don't need to do this. This is not where I need to be. That is amazing. Now, I know you're a musician. I know you do music. How did all of this come into play? Because earlier you didn't mention any interest in music. Were you doing music before you got married to your wife and changed and became a Christian? Or like, how does music fit into your life and where are you now with it? Well, I had always loved music. Um, I've always been, I guess some kind of poet, you know, I would write poetry back in high school, that kind of thing. Um, and throughout the years I would write, but it was, it was super secular, super worldly. It's all about, you know, just, just, it was trash basically. Like I, I read stuff that I wrote, you know, 10 years ago. So I'm like, geez, I, I couldn't say that right now. And, and, and you know how hip hop is. It, it, it's essentially a lot of, and, and I was never like, oh, talking about money because I've never been rich. But it was a lot of, you know, smoking weed and drinking and doing this and doing that. And a lot of like, just boastful, you know, right. a lot of a lot of hip hop and rap music is. Um, I've gotten in the studio a couple of times, recorded a couple of things, but nothing, nothing ever went anywhere. And now I realize why, because that's not what I was meant to do. Mm-hmm. So once I got that revelation, the Holy Spirit hit me. Um, I started writing and what I wrote was just proclaiming the goodness of God. It was all to glorify his name. And so all of a sudden there was almost this light bulb that went off, a fire that was lit within me and under me. And I started doing everything I can, um, everything I could to find somewhere to record. Um, I'm, I'm now connected with a gentleman. He's also a believer who's our, who, who's my producer. Uh, so I go to the studio, you know, he makes some music for me. Um, right now I've got six songs out, um, about wow. to release, I think at least three more by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And really it's just amazing because 
I know it's a boldness that the Lord gave me. I've, part, part of the reason that I never did anything was kind of this shyness, I guess, that I've always had. Right. I've never been an, an, an extrovert, but the Lord has given me a boldness to not only get in the studio and start recording it, but just to release it, just to put it out there and, and just to do what we're meant to do as far as spreading the gospel, preaching the good news, spreading the good news. So I, I, really, I'm just blessed. I'm blessed that the Lord gave me this boldness, uh, gave me the focus that, that I needed to, to do it. And I, I'm really just looking forward to what else he's going to do in my life and to continue down this path. No, I think that's good because I like music as well. I do music, only I write love songs. And the kind of love songs I write, because my kids, they're teenagers. My youngest is 12. <laughs> She's going to be a teenager next year. But the whole thing, it's like they listen to this stuff. And what I do, I do, they do listen to some secular music because I remember when I was a kid, it always had to be gospel, which I love gospel music. So it wasn't a problem until it was like restricted to only quartets and that kind of thing. Then I was not a fan. But the point is, I never wanted them to feel restricted with music. I wanted them to have a chance to listen to music. But my thing for them was always like, what is it saying? Now, if it's something that Jesus can sit down and listen to with you, then fine. Go ahead. But if you think he might be offended at some of these words or lyrics, then that may not be something you want to listen to. And then sometimes what I'll do, I'll listen to it with them so I can see what they're listening to. And if I feel that it's just not appropriate, I'm like, okay, so... This artist you cannot listen to, or this is not a good song. We, we can't listen to that. But it's like, I listen to this stuff, and it's amazing what these kids are listening to, especially with love songs, because it's not realistic, the things that they're saying in these songs. I'm like, your marriage is not going to be successful if you try to do any of these things, because it's just not going to work. It doesn't work this way. So what I do is I write love songs, but they're based on my morals and my values, and it's based on what marriage really is like because I think people need to be honest and I think love songs should be out there but I think they need to tell a full story tell a realistic story and it's not always what they're talking about and I like that your music also reflects how you feel what you believe in because I think that's how it should be I think that especially as creatives I think we need to use our talents to glorify God any way we can and just to be honest and I, I remember when I was a kid, I used to love BB and CC Winans. They were like my go-to people of all time. Even now, I still love them. But my mom would be like, they're not saying Jesus, Kiana. I was like, but mom, listen to the words. I was like, it's pretty much representing it. I was like, they're not saying it specifically. I said, but the words are pointing toward him. And she did not listen. We had that argument for like years. <laughs> Until finally, she just gave up. Because she realized, my daughter could be doing something worse than listening to Christian music that I think is questionable. So it's finally she just left me alone with that. But I just never wanted to be that type of person. So even with the songs I write now, I write songs that may not say Jesus, but it has him all in it because it's talking about what to do in relationships. It's talking about real life stuff that I think people need to know. So I think that it's awesome that that's, that is what you're doing and that even though you say you're shy and everything, you're still getting it out there and telling people about God. I think that's what it is about. Because even when we read Bible stories and Jesus is telling people who he healed and who he did things for, he always tells them, okay, so go and share with your friends and your family what I did for you. 
He's not telling us to go preach to them and try to save them. That's his job. He's just like, well, just share what happened. Tell your testimony. Let them know what I did for you and that I can do this for them. So I find it awesome that you are doing this through your music. That is really good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And and the way Jesus taught, I mean, he was always telling parables. And so he wasn't saying his name over and over in the parables. It was about how to act, how to treat people, how to understand what's important. And I think that's really what it comes down to. And, And yeah, this, especially nowadays, the music that you know, the world is putting out there, especially in hip hop and rap and R&B. It is, it is scary to think that if this is all our children are listening to, yeah. and I, I don't have kids and thank God, cause I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I, I would have earmuffs on their ears at all times. They wouldn't watch anything. They wouldn't listen to anything. Um, you know, I don't know how you do it, but it's, it's really scary because, because of what it all focuses on. It's all, you know, temp- I mean, our life is temporary mm-hmm. and what the music focuses on is even worse. It's, it's just less than good. And I, I just think that especially the variety that gospel and Christian music has, especially now mm-hmm. that I've really gotten into it, it it's Thank really amazing. It blows my mind. Um, I mean, you can call it a gospel. You got modern gospel, you got classic you have worship music and just whatever Christian music is out there. You have Christian metal, for God's sake. I mean, what, whatever kind of music you want to listen to, there's a Christian version of it. And so I, I think it's amazing, and especially love songs. Um, my wife has a playlist um, called Higher Love Songs. Mm-hmm. Yes, it doesn't always say God or Jesus, but you really have an understanding of what's important, what the focus is, and and it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. And it's one of those things where, it music, like you said, it has evolved so much. Because I remember when I was younger and they had, like, gospel gangsters out, which my mom had a fit about that, too, because she's like, how are they gangsters? And they said they're gospel. I'm like, Mom, it's just the name. I was like, listen to the words. And she was like, I can't hear it. But before she died, she was, I did have her listening to Kirk Franklin, which was huge, because at first she didn't like either but before she died she was listening to Kirk Franklin she even liked a couple songs by Canton Jones and she listened to a little gospel rap but considering how she was just in the quartets and refused to let me listen to stuff with drums growing up like even Andre Crouch I couldn't even listen to one whole side of his thing because it had drums in it yeah so considering how she evolved from that to being able to listen to Kirk Franklin that's the, that was a huge improvement for her. So, yeah, so music has really changed. I know I find myself listening to a lot of um, gospel rap, and it's like I just absolutely love it. And But then again, it's like one day I could listen to that when I'm at the gym, or in the morning I could listen to, like, Tasha Cobbs. With me, I just like music. So any, And I don't know why, but I love gospel music. So I'm always listening to it. And even though my kids complain about it, and even though I let them listen to their stuff, what I have noticed is that, because before I was just like, you know, I was really, I tried not to be hardcore like my mom. So I, t- I was a little lenient. But I've noticed that since I don't, I listen to their stuff with them and I give them advice while we listen to this song, like, you know, this is not true. So you know, you can't be doing this. So, you know, I give them that motherly advice. But then sometimes in a car, when we are driving, 
and my music is on, they'll be singing along or we're talking. They'll mention mm-hmm. something that they heard or whatever. So it's getting through to them. It's getting in. But since they are teenagers, you know, just God is just going to have to let it get to them in his own way. But I do see that the stuff I listen to slowly, you know, it's there. You know, when I hear them saying it in the car, saying it in the house <laughs> and talking, I'm like, okay, it's there. They may try yeah. to act like they haven't heard anything, but they know. So it's just one of those things. And I just think it's awesome that I can see them without me nagging them or harassing them or forcing them to do something, you know, in their own way without them realizing it, they are doing what they're supposed to do and trying to be more like God. Because there are times they even tell me, like, if I get upset in the car, they're like, are you supposed to be mad at that person, mom? Because, you know, Jesus wouldn't be happy. I'm just like, oh, now you want to talk to me about it. So, yeah, it's one of those things. But I just think that the way things are coming together is awesome, especially with more people realizing that it's more about a relationship with God than anything else. Because I think for so long, we have all been jaded to the fact that you have to go to church. You have to do this. You have to do that. And once you sit back and you look, you're like, but I don't because God loves me. And my relationship is supposed to be with him. And I'm not supposed to idolize church or anything like that because I look back at the years I spent in church and it's just amazing I was always so busy doing stuff for church but yet because I was so busy doing stuff for church I didn't have a chance to read my bible like I wanted to I didn't have a chance to spend time with my kids and family because I'm always doing church stuff and I think that's backwards like I'm not supposed to be so focused on church and church activities till I neglect the person who church is supposed to be about (laughs) so it's nice to see other people who realize hey, it's about a relationship. That is what it's all about. And I just know for myself, I've had it wrong for so many years. So it's really nice to talk to people who realize it's about a relationship with God. And that's what counts. Yeah, and it's interesting because, yeah, fellowship is amazing. But Mm -hmm. if that fellowship becomes something else, takes you in a whole another direction, all of a sudden people are at church gossiping about what somebody's wearing. and yes. You know, they're more worried about the bake sale, who's who's cooking, who's not cooking. And, it, you know, it, it, it can really become something else and way more than it should be. And to your point, once that relationship with the Lord is lost, it you know, you might as well just be going to a club. It's it's not of God if it's not about God. So we, we really start to lose that. And, and I like what you said about music, because it truly has that almost subliminal effect. because you don't always realize what's going on. Cause I know for me, that's one thing I started listening to gospel while I was, you know, we were all working from home after COVID Mm -hmm. used to just play, you know, like instrumental jazz or uh, EDM kind of stuff. But I started listening to gospel and I think it really sunk in. It really got into me. And I remember um, there was a song on uh, by Sinaj Waymaker. And I just remember that song right? I just remember tears coming in my eyes and I didn't really know why, but not, you know, not too, not too soon after that is when I really felt like the Holy Spirit hit me. And, you know, to, to the opposite side, I think that's why it's important for Christians to listen to gospel and Christian music, because the more we listen to secular music, the more those ideas and those, you know, what they focus on really gets into our, our heart. And we start to, you know, go ways we shouldn't go. That's why it's really important that we, at the very least, listen to some gospel and Christian music. If, if it's not 24-7, it's okay. But 
it's really important to, to get that message into us. No, I agree, because I'm a, an auditory learner. So, you know, what I hear is what music goes in and it affects my mood. Like, music just has that effect on me where it can affect my mood. It could affect what I'm thinking. And there are times it's songs I absolutely hate. But because I've heard it so many times, I'm still humming it and singing it. And so you are right. There are, I totally agree with that. Music has, can have an impact on us that we don't even realize. It's a message that continues to play even after we stop listening to whatever it is we're listening to. So yeah, I totally agree with that. So if there was one thing that you could tell someone who's looking for God, what advice would you give them? Well, um, I mean, I guess I have to use my own experience in the sense that you don't always find them at church. That God is everywhere. God is this world. He created this world. He's all around us. He's within us. Um, he's He's in the morning sun. He's in the the air we breathe. He wakes us up every morning. Um, I, I would I would say to someone, especially if they're not a believer, that whether or not you believe in God, you've got to recognize really just the magnificence of this creation we're in. Um, it, it's not chaos. It's, it's not by chance. There's an intelligent design to everything, to nature, to, to the human body, to everything around us. And, you know, even, even scientists are starting to recognize, um, you know, everything that's behind quantum physics and about the smallest particles that are all made out of light. Well, that is literally the light of Christ. God created us all, created the world out of his very essence. And it's just, it just amazes me um, the the depth of which his love for us goes. Mm -hmm. And, and he truly created this world for us to have dominion over and it's all about what we do with it. It's all about what we do with life. And just that understanding that we were given this life for a reason, it, it's, it's just profound to me. It just blows my mind really every day when I think about it. Yeah, it is. Because it's like we're not here by chance. We have a purpose. You know, we have a reason for being here. And I agree. Yeah. Every time I think about it, I'm like, okay. So, I, you know, when you think about you were born with a purpose and for a reason, it just makes life more meaningful. You're just like, oh, I have a purpose. You know, it's just different than if we just happen to be here by a mistake or just through whatever. So no, I totally agree. And that is awesome advice. I totally love it. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. And before I go, if anyone would like to get in contact with you or hear any of your music, where can we find you? Well, thank you. Truly, It's truly been a blessing. I appreciate you having me on. Um, I have a website. It's okay. henbarksforgod.com, the number four, uh, henbarksforgod. I'm on most social media platforms under henbarksforgod also. My music is streaming, um, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, all that good stuff. Um, I have an email address. It's connect at henbarksforgod.com. And there's a link on my website. If you just go there, you can click okay. the link, open up the email page for you. Um, and, and again, right now, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. I'm just at the beginning of all this. 
uh, me and my wife are looking forward to doing um, starting a ministry possibly uh, we are interested in deliverance um, and just really spreading the word of God and just really to, to your point fulfilling our purpose and so we're still kind of finding out what that purpose is uh, right now I'm just you know going to be staying in the studio making more music so I just thank God for what he's doing and uh, I, I just pray that people are able to hear the music and um, you know and, and not for royalties and not for plays but just to hear the goodness of God and just to hear his what he's done in my life it's just amazing to me yes it is and thank you for so much for sharing that with us now guys if you have not had a chance to write all of this down maybe you were driving or you didn't have a chance to write it down it is fine i will have all of his information in the show notes so all you have to do is click on his links thank you so much again for being here and have an amazing day thank you you too be blessed thank you i absolutely love this interview I especially like how Henry and I were able to talk about the importance of having that relationship with God and how having a relationship with God is something that is sustainable. Being in a religion does not make you a Christian. Going to church does not make you a Christian. Doing all the right things doesn't make you a Christian. It is about having a relationship with God and getting to know him as your friend, as your savior, and as your father. So this week, I encourage you to spend some time with God and get to know him as your friend. Our artist of the week is Henry Barksdale, and we're going to be listening to one of his songs called I'm Blessed. Are you blessed? Tell somebody you're blessed. Come on, y'all. I'm blessed in the morning. I'm blessed in the evening. I'm blessed all day, every day, because Jesus don't stop saving. I'm blessed in the morning. I'm blessed in the evening. I'm blessed all day, every day, cause my God, he don't stop saving. I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed and I know that I'm blessed. I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed and I know that I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the morning. When the sun comes up, I'm blessed. I'm blessed just to wake up. I'm blessed to get dressed. I'm blessed to have clothes on my back. I'm blessed to have shoes. I'm blessed all morning. I'm still blessed at noon. I'm blessed to have lunch on the table. I'm blessed to have water. And it's living so I'm willing and able. All thanks to the Father. I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed and I know that I'm blessed. That's right. I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed and I know that I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the morning. I'm blessed in the evening. I'm blessed all day, every day, cause Jesus don't stop saving. I'm blessed in the morning. I'm blessed in the evening. I'm blessed all day, every day, cause my God, he don't stop saving. I'm blessed cause Jesus loved me. I'm blessed cause Jesus died. I'm blessed and I know that I'm blessed. So I throw away my pride. I'm blessed to have this life that he made a way for me and my wife. I'm blessed that Jesus walked with me through all of my strife. There were times that I could have died. I'm blessed that I'm still alive. Holy Spirit hit me and I cried. Told me I'm blessed so I'll be just fine. 
I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed and I know that I'm blessed. I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed and I know that I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the morning. I'm blessed in the evening. I'm blessed all day, every day, cause Jesus don't stop saying no. I'm blessed in the morning. I'm blessed in the evening. I'm blessed all day, every day, cause my God, he don't stop saying no. I'm blessed in the evening. When the sun goes down, I'm blessed. When I lay down at night, I know I'm blessed, so I never stress. I'm blessed to have my bed. When I go to sleep, I'm blessed. Been blessed all of my days and believe I'll be blessed at my final rest. I'm blessed when I read my Bible. Remind me not to worship idols. I'm blessed when I read the word. I'm blessed that my voice can be heard. I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed cause Jesus loves me. I'm blessed and I know that I'm blessed. Before I end the podcast, I would like to thank you for being here with me today and for listening to another inspirational story about how people find God. If you love the podcast as much as I love spending time with you, I encourage you to share this week's episode with a friend or a family member and to make sure you like and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I will also love it if you will leave me a review for the podcast so that you can help me know that you are enjoying the show. If you would like to get in contact with Henry or myself, all of our contact information can be found in the show notes, and all you have to do is to click on the links below, and you will definitely be able to get in contact with us. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and let me know that you would like to be a guest, and I will make sure that I get in contact with you and schedule a day and time for you to record an interview. If you would like to submit music to the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes as well and send me an email letting me know that you would like to submit a song for the show. And in this email, send me a picture, a short bio, and the mp3 of the song you would like to submit. Well, I think that's all for now. So until we meet again next week, have an amazing day and a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.